Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Today on Parts Per Billion, what's the federal government's latest plan to deal with PFAS, aka forever chemicals? And perhaps more importantly, what's the government's plan to help find the money to pay for that PFAS plan? Hello and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So it's been a while since we've talked about PFAS on this podcast for the uninitiated. PFAS is an acronym that stands for uh, a 11-syllable phrase that is very hard to pronounce for folks like me who haven't taken a chemistry class in decades. Suffice to say, PFAS chemicals have been one of the biggest emerging environmental problems for the past few years, and that's because they've been used in a variety of applications for a long time. We now know exposure can cause serious health problems, and their chemical bonds are so strong that it's nearly impossible for them to break down in the environment, hence the nickname Forever Chemicals. President Biden is now the third consecutive president to grapple with the PFAS problem, and earlier this month, his administration, led by the EPA, came out with a roadmap for how to address PFAS in the coming months and years. Bloomberg Law Chemicals reporter Pat Rizzuto covered the release of that plan, as she has with every other piece of breaking PFAS news over the past few years. I talked to Pat about what the Biden plan would actually do and if there's any sense yet of how it's all going to get paid for. But first, I asked Pat to bring us all up to speed on what exactly PFAS chemicals really are. Well, other than being an unpronounceable group of <laughs> chemicals, um, they're a huge group of, you know, thousands of chemicals. Of those thousands, uh, the EPA knows about 650 are actively made or used in the U.S. What distinguishes this group are these two types of molecules, carbon and fluorine, that cling together so tightly, Superman is going to probably need help to tear them apart. <laughs> then I guess that's why they're called forever chemicals. Yes, that is a part of it, because once they get into the environment, they just hang on and hang on and hang on, and we actually don't know what their half-life in the environment is. Uh, and remind me, what are they, they used for? Um, I mean, the, the things that come to my mind are you know, non-stick pans and uh, firefighting foam, but I, I get, gather there's a lot more uses than just those two things. Oh, yeah, there are. I mean, they are used to give all sorts of stuff that people like, you know, smartphones, catheters, 
wires, cables, fuel cells, solar panels, and non-stick cookware, special properties. Like they transfer data really quickly and effectively. They help a catheter stay safely in our bodies for decades. And they turn hydrogen and oxygen into electricity. But, you know, the flip side of all those nice uses of PFAS that I mentioned are that PFAS are also associated with a host of problems. At least some PFAS are. Increased cholesterol, weaker immune systems, low-weight babies, which, which might sound really good to a mom who's in the middle of giving birth. But right. uh, so having a low-weight baby isn't a good indicator for its future. So um, thyroid problems is another uh, problem that is associated with certain PFAS, as is certain cancers. Wow. Um, but let's talk about the most recent news. The reason why we're talking, because the EPA just released its PFAS roadmap for how to deal with PFAS in the environment. Um, can you just sort of briefly sum up what's in that uh, roadmap and what's supposed to happen in the next few years? So, yes, this last week, EPA and seven other agencies announced the spectrum of actions that they are taking, but EPA most particularly to rein in the problematic PFAS that we already know about to gather a heck of a lot more information about the other thousands and to be much more um, careful as we allow new PFAS to be made and used. Yeah. Um, tell me about some of the deadlines that are in this plan. What needs to happen, um, you know, by specific dates? Well, the things that people have been asking EPA to do the longest, so they're going to get the most resonance, are drinking water limits right. and hazardous waste designation. Yeah. So by the fall of 2023, EPA plans to issue nationwide limits for two PFAS in drinking water. And it also, by then, intends to declare those same two chemicals to be hazardous wastes under Superfund, which will trigger nationwide cleanup. Interesting. Um, so I want to get into the drinking water stuff uh, in a little bit, because, especially uh, because of how that's going to impact municipal governments, state and local governments. But first off, I wanted to talk about the Biden administration versus the Trump administration. Um you know, we had four years of, of Trump in office uh, when this was an issue. Uh, what did the Trump administration do and what is the Biden administration doing differently than uh, its predecessor? Well, smartly, it didn't start with a clean slate. There was a lot of groundwork that the Trump administration had laid that the Biden administration looked at, said, this is good. What else can we do? Interesting. The big shift is, okay, Trump ran and won on an anti-regulatory agenda. Right. So his administration moved pretty slowly on these chemicals. Biden ran and won with an agenda that said government provides essential services. So its pace is way faster and the scope of actions that it plans to take is much broader. I mean, we talked about EPA having plans to regulate a couple and just a couple of um, PFAS. 
But it also, in that big roadmap that it released, it laid out its plan to look at those thousands. It can't issue thousands of regulations. So it describes specific regulations and other types of actions that it's going to be taking to say, how can we get as much data as possible about those thousands and then put them into buckets? And so maybe we proceed with regulations that cover five different buckets of these PFAS. And we put the you know least stringent regulations on those that seem to be the least toxic, and we put the most stringent regulations on those that seem to be the most toxic. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. All right, I want to talk about, you know, the costs and sort of who's going to pay for this. Uh, and I want to focus in on two groups, municipalities, as I mentioned before, and the military. Uh, the military, because they are, you know, one of the uh, groups that has been singled out for using PFAS the most through uh, firefighting foam. Does the military have a strategy or a plan to be able to clean up the PFAS that it emitted into the environment and to pay for those cleanups? Yeah, the military is in a really interesting situation because the way it used PFAS, it was used in specialized firefighting foams that are used for jet fuel and other really dangerous fires. And that's a direct release into the environment. And for years and years and years, they used the foam in all sorts of training. And let's face it, one thing the military does is train its staff. So they have the firefighters out there training and spraying, and the goop just ran into the water. So they they deposited tons of it into, or at least lots of it, into the environment. And that's why they've got such a spotlight into them. It was such a direct environmental use. Um, And sadly... There hasn't been a lot of change in the financial cost estimate that I can give you. Um, It's still estimated at about $3 billion, but the exact amount is going to depend on a lot of things. What technologies are available to treat PFAS? Right now, we don't have PFAS treatment technologies. The military is spending millions, tens of millions to research that, but there aren't proven technologies. What cleanup levels will be required? 
for how many people. There are, there are so many unknowns, it's really hard to put a closer tab on it. But we are talking billions, not millions. And then let's talk about the municipalities here. I mean, uh, oftentimes they run the local water utility in town, which means that any new, uh, you know, standards or new regulations on drinking water, they're going to have to pay uh, extra to be able to meet those standards. Has there been any talk of federal assistance uh, to help them do that? Uh, or are they sort of out on their own? Well, at the moment, they are largely out on their own, although EPA has, you know, some grant money that it's making available. Um, and remember, that it's not the utilities that can just, you know, pay it all themselves. It's you and me who pay water bills. That's right. Um, who end up having to pay for this. So, yes, there is a plan for money. We don't know if that plan is going to work or not. The infrastructure bill includes $10 billion to help mm. water utilities, $5 billion to help small and disadvantaged communities address PFAS in their drinking water, $4 billion to help water utilities um, or to connect well owners to local water systems, and another $1 million for wastewater utilities. And we should say that uh, infrastructure bill could be uh, coming up for a final vote as early as this week. Finally, let's talk about uh, a story that you published actually earlier today, um, a really fascinating story about uh, how the medical community is reacting to PFAS exposure. Um, are, are doctors now kind of looking out for PFAS exposure in their patients a little bit more than they used to? Great questions, and no. Um, <laughs> PFAS were not on the um, cur curriculum that doctors had to learn right. when they were in right. medical school, and PFAS is not something that most physicians know about. Um, people who are living in communities where PFAS has been found at high levels in their drinking water struggle with the fact that they go to their doctors and their doctors go, huh? What are you talking about? Yeah. And no doctor likes to be embarrassed about his or her lack of knowledge. So in the absence of information, it is easy to dismiss patients. My story focused on one woman, Sandy Winstelt, up in Belmont, Michigan, who happened to have a very different physician, a very young guy who was very interested to see what he could learn. And so he made the extra effort to learn about these chemicals and medical tests, pretty routine ones that are out there that are available to physicians that they can use to monitor the diseases that highly exposed PFAS patients are facing increased risk of getting. Yeah, I mean, that's what I really liked your story today because it, it focused on this one doctor who had a really progressive approach to treating PFAS exposure, but it sounds like this doctor is the exception, not the rule. Yes. Now, there is an effort. Um, a group of universities and affected communities teamed up, and they came out with some two-page guidance this summer in July um, one of the guidance documents is aimed to help ordinary people like you and me understand how PFAS could affect their health, and the other is designed in really simple language to be something a patient can hand his or her doctor and say, here's what I'm concerned about, here's what I hear 
can be done about it? What do you think? And and the goal, what what people who have been exposed to high amounts of these chemicals want is to start that conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Pat Rizzuto speaking to us from uh, Bloomberg Law headquarters in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, Pat, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. And that'll do it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use the handle at environment. Just that, at environment, nothing else. I'm at David B. Schultz. If you want to chat with me about PFAS or anything else. Today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself, David Schultz. Parts Per Billion was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. and is edited by Rebecca Baker and Chuck McCutcheon. Our executive producer is Josh Block. Thanks, everyone, for listening. For our next season of Uncommon Law, we're looking at the regulatory future of big tech. The giants need to be broken up. Facebook, Google, all of them. Is big tech impinging on your right to free speech? They've had unchecked power to censor, restrict, edit, shape, hide, alter. Misinformation, disinformation. It's like a big Venn diagram. We do not want to become the arbiters of truth. We're calling this series Unchecked. Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.